Hello and welcome to Patriots Nation UK, brought to you by your host, me, Matthew Inkstar. Hello and welcome to the inaugural episode 1 of Patriots Nation UK. I'm at Matt Kingster on Twitter and social media in general, and I blog at PatriotsNationUK.com. I used to be at Matt Kingster NFL, but followed the bandwagon of Colleen Wolf and Mark Sessler of NFL Network and around the NFL podcast fame. They dropped the NFL from their name, and I thought I would jump on the bandwagon like a good Patriots fan and do the same. So now you can find me on social media at Matt Inkster. That's M-A-T-T-I-N-K-S-T-E-R. Today I have a special guest. A long-term friend of mine is Stephen Keith. You can find him on Twitter and social media at Keisher. That's K-E-E-S-H-E-R. He's a huge wrestling fan and he's a huge 49ers fan. Now that might seem a bit strange on a Patriots podcast, but if you've listened to the preview episode and even if you haven't, I'll explain. My goal is to have the UK community come together My goal is to have the UK community come together and interact as much as possible. So in the coming weeks, hopefully you'll hear many more guests on the show. This episode centres around Jimmy Garoppolo versus Jarrett Stidham, our new quarterback, picked in the fourth round of this year's rookie draft. So hence why I've got Stephen on the show today as a 49ers fan. We're going to sit down and chat Jimmy Garoppolo versus Jarrett Stidham. Hello Stephen and welcome to the show. How have you been and what have you been up to? Hello Matthew, nice to be on. Uh, busy week to be honest with you. Wrestling stuff's busy. Just had Stomping Ground from WWE, which was much better than I thought it would be. Raw and Smackdown were weird, but that's how this plays out at the moment. And yeah, part of that, work, work, work. So, um, and we're in an NFL off season at the moment so um yeah um outside of that it's been a lot to it's been lots of baseball which is uh when you're all things san francisco and the like um the baseball's been a little bit up and down the basketball was what it was so i'm kind of glad to see the end of that in all honesty um shame how that ended so yeah um just busy 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 just now how about yourself yeah, um, similar, as you say, it's the NFL off-season, um, so I've kind of been getting a bit more into the wrestling and such like lately, and um, speaking of the baseball, you know, it's the Boston Red Sox versus New York Yankees series this weekend down at the London Stadium, which is also the home of uh, West Ham United to anyone that's a, a soccer fan. So, unfortunately, I never got um, tickets myself, it was potentially it'd be to plan um plan on going for the weekend but you know money constraints with uh, the family and all that it's gonna have to take a back seat unfortunately yeah um, did like you look at gone. getting seating yeah do you think about getting tickets Stephen? hey i was a i was a goody two shoes i didn't get for myself but i managed to get for a certain family member so he's going to both days this weekend lucky bugger uh, so nice. yeah so yeah he'll enjoy it uh, me being me i would have felt bad if i'd went in the sense of a 
as much from the spectacle of it being in London, I, I just felt being not a fan of either team, I was like, I can't, I just can't take up slots where other people, I knew how limited it was. The first time they're doing it, I was like, it's Yankees, Red Sox. They've both got a huge following over here. I was like, yeah, I'm going to leave that one and uh, leave it to the big fans. Yeah, the big fans and the big bucks, unfortunately. Uh, I think so. Not cheap. Not cheap at all. Yeah, well, a little uh, guilty pleasure of mine that t- ties in with this weekend is uh, Pink's on at Wembley at um, Saturday, Sunday this week. So my plan originally was to go to one day do the Red Sox-Yankees game and the next day do the, the Pink concert with the missus, but no, we're, we're stuck at home and um, looking after the wee one, which is great fun anyway, so it's not too big of a, a loss in the, the grand scheme of things. Fair, fair. So, um, you might be thinking it's weird that I've got a 49ers fan on, but and if you haven't listened to my preview, you won't understand at all. But the idea behind Patriots Nation UK, in a sense, apart from being a Patriots podcast, is I thought I'd bring together members of the UK community and further afield come time, probably, and just get everyone interacting and such like. Especially being a Patriots fan, it can feel a bit isolated at times that you're called the bandwagoner or you're this and you're that. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're all UK in general. We're all fans of the sport from the UK. Um, so going forward, the, apart from Stephen on this episode, there will be other guests coming up. Um, it might not be every week, but it will be certain weeks that, as much as possible, I'll try to cross-brand, basically, and have different people from different podcasts, different blogs and such like, um, giving their thoughts and opinions on Patriots, and maybe a little delve into the teams that they follow as well. So, kicking off with this week's topic of Jimmy G versus Jarrett Stidham, um, the I heard recently that there was... Uh, in the recent mini-camp in OTAs, there was a comparison of Jarrett Stidham to Jimmy G. So that set me on the, the path of writing a, a blog on PatriotsNationUK.com for the very comparison. And with Stephen being a 49ers fan, again, then inclusivity of what I'm trying to get across um, with this, I thought I'd get him on and there's no better person to chat Jimmy G with. So uh, initially, Stephen, what was your thoughts on um, the pair of them? Um, so obviously I know my stuff with regards to Jimmy G. He's still he's still young to our team, despite we're now heading into what will be season three with him. You know, technically three games at the la- end of twenty seventeen. Uh, sorry, um, seven games at the end of twenty seventeen, and three games last season cut short due injury. So we're still only ten games in, but we've got an idea where Jimmy G sits. And yeah, so. I'm well aware of where we are with that one. Um, with regards to Stidham, um, I keep an eye on Patriots, not quite like a second team, but because a lot of you guys follow them, you know, um, close friends and stuff, it's it's a popular choice. So they're one of those teams I keep an eye, eye on. So I saw the name come out. I was like, let's do the due diligence. Let's have a look at what they're getting for their money. Um where where they're going to sit on it and when this comparison did come up i was like ah, i can see where they're going with this and yeah it it, it all makes sense for points that we're going to break down here 
I can see the youthful quarterback. You know, uh, you know, there's several things we're going to delve into here, but uh, video suggests there are similarities. But it's it's fairly simplistic, I think, is the best way to put it. They're simplistic similarities, but there are good and bad points to comparing the two, which we'll move on to. Yeah, well, first first of all, I wanted to um, look back at all the the backups, well, the main backups. You know, there there has been others that can be mentioned, possibly the likes of uh, Danny Etling from that's been was picked up as a rookie last season. But since two thousand and one, there's been fourteen backups for the Patriots. Um, there was. Drew Bledsoe, which again doesn't does he count as a backup because Brady was his backup in the first instance? But yeah, fourteen backups since two thousand and one under Tom Brady. So you've got Bledsoe, Ward, Kingsbury, Davy, Miller, Flutie, Castle, Testaverde, Gutierrez, O'Connell, Hoyer, Mallet, uh, Jimmy G himself, and Jacoby Brissett, and obviously Brian Hoyer has come back in recent seasons, and to me. Jimmy G, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was the best backup we've probably had next to Bledsoe, but again, as I say, he doesn't really count in my eyes. Um, Jimmy G was the best backup, taken in the second round of the draft in his year, and since then, he was. They, they were mad to turn in. You know, there's the whole was he was he going to be the starter? Was it Brady that was going to be traded or whatnot? Um, a little bit of falling out and discontent in the ranks, possibly. But in the end, it was uh, Garoppolo that went to the 49ers for a second-round pick. And since then, Stidham looks like he's the legit real deal as a potential future QB1 at the the, the Patriots. Yeah, it's the, the discussion will become, firstly, that it's it's interesting. We've, we've both did the same. We've both looked at the video... And we can see what uh, the Patriots are getting. Um, we'll start with the idea of looking at it. Jimmy G. Garoppolo comes across as the only, this might sound harsh, but he came to me as the only legitimate rival to Brady, from what I can tell. I'm probably not the best person to ask. I keep an eye but it's not as close an eye as you guys do. But he's, from the outside looking in, looks like the only legitimate guy who might have given the run for the money. And it's all played out the way it should have. You know, Brady has the numbers, he's got the Super Bowls, and he, it's clear that while you might have not quite built teams around him, he plays in the mold that you guys play in. You know, him and Belichick have created a mold it, it's it's a bit like our other love of Man United. You know, Ferguson had a mould and he had certain players that fit that mould better than others. That didn't mean that other players didn't come in who were possibly better players, but they maybe didn't fit the mould. Players like, if we're talking about soccer here, we're talking about players like Juan Sebastian Veron coming into the Man United team and being a technically gifted player, but he just didn't fit the mould of how he played, so he got moved on. And that's maybe what happened with some of your quarterbacks. They maybe picked them up with the idea of them being skillful quarterbacks, but they maybe just didn't fit the mould. However, with Garoppolo, you got the feeling of he's the mold he's he's got the attitude he's the mold the only problem it seemed to get with him was the fact of rightly or wrongly 
he thought he was he thought he was good enough to be coming in to start, or he thought the turnaround to being a starter was going to be quicker than what was actually going to be the reality. <laughs> it's funny that you say that though. The, he basically walked off the stage in the draft, and I can't remember the reporter who just stuck the mic straight in his face and was like, "You do realise you're not starting anytime soon, don't you?" and I mean, what can you do in that situation? But apart from, go, ha, 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 yeah, yeah, you know, it's Tom Brady in front of me, but well, we'll wait and see, sort of thing. I mean, how else can you you deal with that in that in that situation? But well, that's they... such a piss poor question to be asking somebody like Garoppolo <laughs> because he's coming off the stage. He's he's coming yeah. off the stage and you're asking that and it's like, well, I'm sorry. You know, we've seen what's happened with people like Nick Foles over the past couple of years. Injuries happen, situations happen. To ask a young lad who's just came off the stage, biggest moment in his life, and you tell him, Oh, you're not playing anytime soon, and I'm like, Maya, if I was him, I would have said, Well, you don't really look like Bill Belichick to me. You know, it's like He's the one who will make that decision. Reality says, yeah, that's probably going to how it play out. But let Belichick make that call, not some some hyped up journalist. I mean, it wasn't even a question. A question. It was just like statement of fact. You're not starting anytime soon. You know, it's like picking up any rookie in a draft and going. By the way, you're not starting anytime soon. I mean, you can look at likes of say, Daniel Jones that was picked up in this year's draft. It's like turning around going, yeah, you know, you've got Eli Manning in front of you. You're not starting anytime soon. He was seventh pick overall in this year's draft. That could change tomorrow. That, you know, he ends up being the starter. It likely is. I, I give him till Halloween and he'll be starting or I'll be deadly shocked. But that's maybe time for a different pod. But no, totally. Like, what are you doing to the poor lad? But anyway, as you were saying, you've you've watched some film. I've watched some film. I we've seen Jimmy G in action, and I think that's the the big sticking point so far. And I guess with any rookie, really, is that all you've got to go on is some college tape. And if you're Gettleman, you go, oh, "I've seen this guy play for five minutes. Let's give him a starting role." But Grappolo looks like he he will be and. I've said this to you before that in a dynasty league that we started last year with some friends that, you know, QB1 for me was Jimmy G because that's, you know, he's a young guy, he's got the potential. Dynasty in general, you're looking for sort of people that will carry you forward in years to come. You can't be sticking in a Brady or a Breeze and expecting, you know, results in five years' time sort of thing. I'm all in on Jimmy G and as a as it stands, but unfortunately he's playing for the Niners, but, you know, on the flip side, I've got Tom Brady as a, a starter right now, so um, if that's the bar that you're looking at, then, yeah, happy days. Fourth round or not, Stidham is a a character that could develop even further in the, as the time goes on. Yeah, I mean, the, the, Stidham, the Stidham story, when you read into it, it's really interesting. Had to leave a an original college over um, controversy that we we don't really want to delve too deep into. It's happened. I don't think you should be hanging about on that. But then the story going forward from there is interesting. He's he's ended up playing for a team that um, the video looks okay, but then there's 
as with everything, there's problems here. You know, um, I, I've made comments before about uh, what's your thoughts on X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, look, college tape is what it is. Somebody's played for three, four years. It's a bit like a movie trailer. If you can't give me two minutes of video to make somebody look good, they're not worth drafting. That's that's pure fact for me there. If you can't give me something that's going to make my eye pop, I'm like, well, what what are we doing here? This this guy probably shouldn't be on tape, you know. Even if it is boring stuff like a defensive, like a tackle or something, the tackles are still going to look good. Is it's not going to be quite as eye-catching on tape as some touchdown throws, but the theory's the same. You're still looking for eye-catching moments on any position. But um, what happens is you've got to start picking apart what this tape actually tells us, and that's where it becomes interesting with Stidham, is his offensive line is where we should start here. Offensive line is disgusting. So, firstly... He's made to look not as good as maybe he should have, because he wasn't at fault of that. You, whatever comes out of your hands, you're as a quarterback, you're still you're only part one of the process. You've got to hope that a guy in the second half of the process is is going to pick up what you've you've delivered. So it doesn't matter how good if you're you're delivering if it if it's not good on the other end, the tape's going to look nonsense. Yeah, definitely. It's um, that was something I was going to. Um pick up on and ask you about but you start the conversation so we'll roll with it is one the offensive line and two the receivers I mean oh my goodness they were dog poo is maybe too harsh a term but some of the wide open throws that you could see that were there for the taking and in some of them in the last 10 yards traveling towards the end zone extra touchdowns could be extra points extra wins for your your team but they're dropped, and I mean, if your accuracy is bang on, what else can you do? You can't ask any more of yourself, being the quarterback, to throw it to point X as to what you're trying to get to. Receivers ran to point X, and for whatever reason, they've got butter in their hands and they've dropped it. So, and yeah. but on the on the flip side of that, with the line being so poor, he will have to up his game in terms of the pressure. The pressure is something that all quarterbacks face. I mean, you're you're coming up against the fastest, hardest guys on on a line in the NFL. This is not college ball anymore. This is not playing with your sister in your backyard. This is, you know, men versus boys in some cases. But you've got to step up and be a man and, you know, recognise you're going to get hit, but have the conviction to make that throw make that pass and you know then you've done your job and then at that point once it's left your hands and it's gone the place that you're expecting it to go to it's up to the receiver and then finish off the completion hey, there's there's yeah there's a there's a few different ways you can look at this so you can take you can take a negative view you can take a positive view or the the majority is a bit like anything two sides to a story the truth is probably somewhere in the middle a few things with this is, so you go up to NFL, your offensive line is going to be better. That's, that's a given. Your offensive line is going to, going to be better. So as long as your accuracy is there, that's a good thing. So you're, and you, you will see that the passes will get picked up, and that's, that's a good thing. The other side of that, obviously, is 
and it's a big deal when you go uh, college ball to NFL is your the defensive lines start becoming a hell of a lot better. I'd say that's a bigger up, upside than um, the offensive line. You can get some really impressive offensive lines in college ball, but I always generally find that defensively is where you see massive differences, college to NFL. Um, defensive lines as a whole just become so much tougher. And yeah, um, there are certain people who will relish that and will rise above it or just find different ways to to get around it. Um, so I guess it's, it depends how you fall on that side. I, I think it's fair to say on both sides. You you can make arguments either side. So that that's why it becomes interesting is we're all we're waiting with these draft picks is we just want to see them get the jersey of the team on and we want to see what the reality is. What what have you got? You know, the let's get out of the practice and let, let, let's get you coached by the big guys and let's get it going. And that's a thing with coaching is, you know, you can have raw talent and you can be coached up to be better, but if there's no nothing there, then what are you coaching in the first place? You know, you might as well just be coaching your little dog to try and jump through hoops or something, but it's not necessarily meaning he's, he's going to do it. So they've obviously it's, seen something in him. and that That's the important bit. The raw talent is there with Stidham, and that's why they've picked him. He is That's the important bit with Belichick is his draft picks are so interesting all the time because he picks like nobody else in the league. So I would actually, if I was a Patriots fan, I'd love the draft because I'm not looking at the same as what ev- almost every other team looks for. You guys pick in such a weird fashion because it's quite clearly about the idea of you. He he's so switched on. He knows exactly what he wants. It's not we're just trying to pick some random good player. You guys know where your gaps are, and clearly backup quarterback was on the shopping list and it was high on that list and you've got a raw talent and that's that's cool and you've actually probably lucked out because you've he's fallen deeper in the draft than he should have by the looks of things from what i can tell and reading about it he was high on the shopping list but you've actually got him lower and that's the most patriots thing in the world by the way like chips falling exactly the way you want them you've probably picked I think uh, somebody said that he was the eighth quarterback pick in the in the draft, yet he was projected to be the sixth. And as far as I can tell, he was always on the Patriots' radar and they just had enough about them to nail him at the exact point that financially and pick-wise made most sense. Just the most Patriots of picking. Yeah, it's um, something that, often comes up as you say and to be honest I hadn't really I'm not a big college person in general I, I will take a, an interest of whatever game happens to be on BT Sport or something like that on a on a Saturday evening but I'm not the biggest college person a fleet in and out of it and when it comes to the draft I tend to pick up stuff from podcasts and reading and such like but it's generally you know, your top 100 guys or something like that that you're looking at, the first three rounds and beyond that is, you know, throw something against a wall and hope it sticks sort of thing. And, yeah, he was projected to be second round and to fall to the fourth is such a a Belichick move is to get him at that stage. And I hadn't heard of him 
it wasn't until we picked him up because initially I the draft finished and I was like, you know, I'm not I'm not very overwhelmed with this, you know, and it's who who's this bunch we've picked up? And it was past the third uh, round, then you know I I didn't have a clue to be honest, but having researched them since and looking at what everyone else was saying on it, I'm like, actually, I'm I'm quite impressed with this draft now. I think we have built in areas that required strength. Some of them are a bit questionable with Jawan Williams at cornerback um, when we're quite deep at cornerback as it is. But, you know, that's not to say that someone will go down tomorrow and it's next man up. And if he's one of the best cornerbacks in the draft and we've got him, then, you know, happy days. Yeah, I find the draft interesting in the fact of I will put my hands up. Um, if anyone's listened to this and thinks that I oh, this guy knows what he's talking about. Guys, this is me um, having listened to podcast after podcast. And also, honestly, going into a draft, I will know the top five guys that are going to be picked because Stevie Wonder is hard for them, for goodness sake. You know, he is, even he's seen the tape. You know, we, that's, you know, you watch ESPN or whatever and you've, you know, you're, you're bombarded with the top picks. You know what's coming there. And yet, outside even that, you get halfway through the first round and I'm still like, oh, cool, I've not heard of him. But that's a great thing. We've got YouTube. We've got podcasts. We've got respected journalists telling it it's X, Y, and Z. These guys who know their stuff. So I just listen to them and they tell me. That's the important thing about the draft. They tell them what's going on. I watch college ball but I've not got a team, so I'm watching blind. I'm watching a bit of this, a bit of that, whatever happens to be on the telly. So there might be a couple of players of a year that I'm like, oh, cool. Um, I know what's going on here. I've, I've seen you before and you were good, or I've seen you before you were terrible. Um, and we get in that way. But the nature of the game is that. But, um, what? yeah, what we're saying there about um, the thing about the draft that I find funny is, yeah, I've, I've criticised the draft before, being like, why have we picked that? He, We're deep there. We've got three guys who's probably going to be in front of that. And then you realise that it's all about the way these guys look at They've seen something. They've went out and scouted them. And then suddenly it's all about the way you play. You know, they might have just went, they might have been looking at, you know, they might have been looking at a quarterback, gone down, saw a running back who weirdly just fits them so bang on and they've gone, He's the guy for us. And they're like, oh, but we weren't looking there. But it's like, oh, but whatever happens, we he's on the radar now because he plays the way we do. Um, that that makes the draft, that makes the NFL one of the, it makes American sports really interesting because of the, the, the way that plays out, that you could be searching for something and find something totally different. And unless you're an expert on this which there are some guys out there who are respected experts and i love to listen to them until the cows come home i love it man i, th- I just i think it's the greatest system known to man it makes our british sports look pitiful in comparison yeah they've got uh, that side of things with regards um youth and college etc neil don that's uh, a totally different you know line each deer sort of world that we live in with soccer unfortunately and it's a hoover system that the likes of if people are familiar with um, Chelsea Football Club in London then you'll know that they are now under a transfer ban for such a thing of just hoovering up talent at 14, 15, 16 but 
unfortunately for well for them it's fortunate for everyone else but unfortunate for them they've it's been seen as illegal moves essentially they've been paying these kids and their parents when they shouldn't be and that's how they've managed to go oh yeah you know I'll, I'll sign for Chelsea and they've hoovered up everything and then you know what have they got like 50 60 guys on their on their books but about 30 of that are loaned out every season it's ridiculous but getting back to the NFL and your point Stephen is yeah college um the college system or, or high school to college to NFL or to NBA NHL whatever it might be is I look on and, and admire it every year without fail I might not keep up to date with everything that goes on in the lower echelons due to time constraints spending time with family and such like and work and whatever but it doesn't stop me appreciating how it works and you know especially in the salary cap era and that's what makes the Patriots and Belichick, Belichick and Brady such different beasts altogether in comparison to the rest of the league because they have managed to do what they've done and create essentially two dynasties in um, what, 15 years in a era of the salary cap and Unfortunately, in, in some ways, in Brady's case, he's kind of taken the hit on that because he's basically restructured year on year or every couple of years. Although, at this, you know, as a side note to that, he does have a, a supermodel wife who rakes in at millions of dollars every year. So it's not as though they're they're wanting for a penny or two. But I made I made this comment earlier with regards to that, and it is fair to say that they're very much. A, I'd say she's probably a, a bigger bigger financial draw than he is to be argued with certain things i don't know enough about her but it's an interesting thing addition but i i made comparisons earlier with a work colleague we were talking about the money that's in sport um and i'm quite a big boxing fan as well and i was talking about the idea that um anthony joshua is probably going to come back to britain to fight and i and you'll rake in some more money and possibly win his rematch um but a couple of things it made me think about is I think it ruins his legacy. See what he should have been wanting to break America properly. Um, but I kind of said the the money thing becomes really interesting because you're like, with regards to like um, whatever you paid a week, what's the difference between a hundred grand and three hundred grand? Is that the is that the difference between owning a Ferrari and owning a jet? You know, it's like what. I'm not particularly money driven, so it's hard for me to say. But I'm like, for me, looking in probably unfairly to make comment on these guys life but i think about the idea of i would always be legacy over money because the idea is as long as you've got enough money for what you want to be doing legacy should be the more important thing um and brady for me to circle back what i was getting to is brady for me seems to have that switched on whether whether i'm not being naive about that and he's made his money which he, he certainly is he's he's successful he's made his cash but he's always struck me as someone who had legacy in mind so there it felt like there was a balance if somebody said to him you're taking a cut in wage he'd probably be like well it's a cut in wage to stay with belichick and that for me always felt important for him he was never searching for the next paycheck he was certainly never a mercenary he stuck his guns and I mean, that might be the easiest thing in the world when you play for the best team at your profession. But he's certainly done it. And he could have went elsewhere. Surely he could have gone elsewhere to some fair weather team that were stacked with cash. And he could have got paid a fortune. But 
he stuck to his guns, played for the team that he enjoys playing for, under the coach that he loves playing for, and he's won a hell of a lot of rings. Yeah, not much well, to be yeah. argued with, isn't it? No, not really. And it's it, it's kind of prevalent now because Jamie Collins has circled back to the Patriots after being um, let go because they wouldn't meet his financial demands. He went off to the Browns for, was it two or three years, made a hell of a lot of money. And then he's going, actually, you're, although they're on the up now, he's like, yeah, I'm coming back home again. And he's signed back up. So... As you say, you can go out there and make the money and see what happens. But how many rings has he missed out on because of that? You know, he was going, he was leaving as the best, or the best, if not the best, or uh, one of the best, sorry, um, linebackers in the league. And he went and made his money, and now he's back again. So happy days for the Patriots because I was so gutted when he left at the time, and I'm so pleased that he's back. Yeah, but as I say, that's, you know, I'm not going to make comment because I don't think it's particularly fair to make comment on something I don't fully understand. But for me, like, I, I just, I love the one-team prospect. And I know we're out of that, and I know it's a dated view. But I just, I'm, I'm very much, I grew up lucky of supporting teams that have had some great one-team prospects. And I, I just love to see it where it's quite clear that money could have been made elsewhere. But you are just looking at it going... Am I am I going to be happy with the with the extra zero, the extra Ferrari, the extra this, the extra that, or am I going to be happier with maybe winning titles or whatever? You know, as I said, it's an easy example, especially when you're playing for the Patriots. I mean, it's, it's probably is a fairly easy decision sometimes to make, but you've just pointed out that Collins is a player who has did a bit of both. So yeah. And uh, recent examples um, that's come out in the past few days in the media about you might have seen the um, Odell Beckham spats he's had with some of uh, New York fans and and the like or on Twitter. You know, oh, you should be grateful for what you've done or whatever. But you know, at the same time, it's not all about being grateful and you know being unfortunately being a one man club or. Um, franchise person you know he's he's turned around going right well Eli's on the way out who the heck luckily enough he got out before the uh, Daniel Jones arrives and he's looking at Baker Mayfield going yeah I, he, he's a bit of a stud isn't he I'll go play with him and I've got my old pal back in, in juice and we'll work the, the wide receiver 1-2 combo and we can rip shreds out of um, defences this season and also Antonio Brown I don't know why he's commenting saying that he can be on the championship potential with the the Raiders. That's a bit of a shitstorm in itself. But yeah, no Beckham definitely. I I've always had admiration this for Beckham, even though he does play for another team, obviously. But he, I, I um, mean, he's going yeah. to the Browns now, and he's on the up. He's not sitting taking that dog crap in in uh, New York with all the press and pressure that comes with that. He's going to go chill out and in Cleveland, but at the same time work his butt off and potentially make the playoffs and watch the Giants flounder around this season. Yeah, and I think he's a he's a case of getting the best of both worlds in the sense of you got to remember also, um, because of the draft system, there's a hell of a chance you don't end up with a um, you don't end up playing for a team that you have a connection with. So yeah, it's it's. 
it's there's no simple yes or no's here. I've got a, maybe an old school mentality of uh, one teamness, but it doesn't always work out that way. There's also the idea that you've got to look at it and say, well, it's a job. And it's a job that's got a fairly limited shelf life. If you want to go out there and uh, make some cash, by all means, go and do it. I'll make comment to a point and say what I prefer, but I'm not really going to judge because there's no right and wrong answer. Um, yeah. And while, while we're on the topic, you've got guys who do both things. Jimmy G. Jimmy G has uh, decided uh, he wasn't happy being an understudy. Your team because he, he could see the writing on the wall with that. He wanted to play immediately. He wanted his peak years, as he saw it, to be on field. He came. He threw some some great some great footballs around. And uh, from out of nowhere, what do you get? You get some wins. What happens out there? We're sitting there going, well, we've got a bit of cash. This is the first time we've had a quarterback that looks as though he's going to fit the mold. The money came, and then suddenly, you've got the best of both worlds. You've got in the same way it looks like Adele Beckham Jr. is going to get the same. The money is there, and it looks as though he's going to be playing for a team that's going to be challenging. Um, Jimmy G's getting exactly the same kind of ID here, where he's moved away from a successful team. Um, he's got some wins. He's got some money. And the idea is, if they build a team correctly around him, I'm not sure. I'm still delving into the draft and where we're sitting at the moment. But I'll look at it and go, well... There's an outside chance here that building a team and getting it right, we could be in a playoff shot. I don't think, I mean, I think we're an outsider, but I don't think we're stretching too much imagination to think that that could be a thing. Potentially. And, you know, getting, <clears throat> excuse me, getting back on topic with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and Jarrett Stidham themselves, the, the game tape that we did see um, from... Garoppolo in, in his NFL starts was quite promising, especially the three games of last season up until the injury. You could see there was mistakes, but you could also see growth. Um, you can see that he's a confident pocket passer, which is was his style before and probably got better through being under Brady's um, leadership. Um, and he, he looks really confident. He, he's good at progressing through his reads. He can move if needed, which was unfortunately it was a thing that unravelled what the the good work he was doing at the start of last season. The movement, unfortunately, was what blew out his knee. But yeah, he can move. He has he is athletic. He can throw passes. And but on at the same time as Stidham, I was looking at the pair of them, and it was quite ghost-like the comparison in the tape, you know, the bit apart, there's the odd thing that the way they move or whatever, but generally, you know, you could, if if you kind of squinted your eyes, you would almost say it was one or the other. You weren't enter- entirely sure because Stidham, as we've touched on the flaws of college football with the offensive line and being able to um, take things under pressure and actually you know, see out the pass to the end rather than overthrowing it, which he has that tendency to do. He's got the pocket passer style. He has has been looking quite good at reading progressively across the field and picking out who he needs to. He can move if needed. He can pass off or fake a pass to a running back and take it down five, ten yards down the field and 
you know, get that first down again. The pair of them are quite similar, and being a Patriots fan, picking up Stidham, as we've mentioned already, dropping from the second round to the fourth is a steal and a half. And, yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased with this. Um, I thought I was pleased with Danny Etling last season, coming from LSU, you know, same place as Beckham, as we've, um, a person we've touched on, on on the pod already. And Juice Landry as well, um, both coming for, out of that same college. I was quite pleased with him as a pickup because I've seen bits and pieces. I like watching some of the um, Southern stuff down there in Louisiana. But even more impressive is Janet Stidham straight out of Auburn this year, who he might have not had the best season last year, but we've kind of touched on why. But again, he has the potential. He has the smarts to get better. He now has the coaching staff and a certain Sir Tom Brady I am going to knight him right here and right now, uh, Sir Tom Brady, to be his father figure and work with for the rest of the season and see how it goes. And if worst comes to worst, and he all quarterbacks went down apart from Stidham, I'd generally be quite happy. It might fall off a cliff, and I might be totally wrong, but I, I would be happy enough for him to take over the mantle until uh, such a time that Brady was back fit again. Yeah, so the style thing we're here to talk about, the, you can definitely see the style markings um, of them being similar. Just athletic blokes, basically. That's where it's at. They're both athletic guys. Never about it. Um, so the style thing with Stidham um, is interesting. Uh, he's part of a, He was part of a college team that uh, was heavy on the run. So that maybe explains, firstly, the weird O-line drops and stuff like that. Um, it explains quite a few things rather nicely. And as we were talking about earlier, um, until you start doing a delve, maybe don't make comment until you get the whole picture. So Stidham comes from a college that heavy ran so the O-line drops a lot because they maybe don't throw as much. Fair play, that's interesting. No, because of that, because they drop a lot, when he does come on to pass, he weirdly starts passing five, ten yards here and there. Luckily, team he's joining, and this is probably by design, has a five, ten-yard passer as their quarterback who has made a recent career out of this style. You know, keep it simple, keep it short, sharp, and we will get up the field in in part. And that maybe explains why the long sh- shot passes from Stidham in college, for whatever reason, they were overshot. But at the moment, that's something you can work on. Always go with the idea of he's a college player, he's a young guy, he's going to learn as he goes along. So it's interesting that his strength is something that if, if Brady uh, falls over tomorrow and someone says, mate, uh, you might need to step in here, Outside looking in, I'm thinking, ah, he's maybe not a bad a bad guy here because he's going to be able to come in and do a bit of a Brady. Five, ten-yard passes here and there, maybe get the game going. And the one thing you better believe they'll be working on is those long 40, 50, 60-yard passes that are going to change games as and when required. Um, and they've got time to work on that because he's a young guy. So, yeah, it makes that side of things really interesting. So they can maybe work backwards as Brady was a bigger hitter early doors, lost his arm a little bit, or for whatever reason he's adapted the game to 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 go the way he is. And then suddenly you've ended up with a guy who's came in by 
possibly by design, to to replace like for like. It's there's no luck here. <laughs> this surely this guy has been picked because they have looked at it and gone, oh weirdly, what some people think is negative is exactly what we need. Definitely, um, I totally agree with what you're saying there. And just to wrap this up, as I say, I'm happy with him as a fourth round pick. I see potential. We'll wait and see what happens in uh, the preseason and mini camp, or <clears throat> sorry, training camp that's coming up just uh, shortly. That starts, I think, next week. The dates of that um, that starts, but leading from training camp into the preseason. We'll get to see quite a bit of him, I think, because Brady will only play five, ten minutes here or there, as he normally does, and keep him for the regular season. Totally happy with him. And based on uh, based on the position where he was meant to be and where he dropped to, you would probably you know, give the Patriots, and if you're given a, a scoring system, I'd probably give them an A, possibly even a, an A- minus on that one. Um, but overall, you know... As it stands right now, he's probably sitting at a C, C plus with loads of potential to do do better. And as I said before, if Jimmy Garoppolo is the benchmark, and that's what comes out of uh, Stidham in the future, then I'm all for it. Totally back him 100%, and we'll see where it goes. What's your thoughts? Uh, just to wrap up at the end here, Stephen. Well, yeah, it would appear, to wrap up, I, I would say that, yeah, Jimmy G seems to be the benchmark of what you're looking for, but you're looking for a bit of patience. Whether Jimmy G left, everything went well. You guys got a good deal. You got a second-round pick. We got a guy who excites us and is a good prospect. So Jimmy G fits us. The, say, the getting rid of fitted you guys because he couldn't sit in your bench any longer because he just simply didn't want to be there. You've got a guy coming in, Stidham, who matches up in styles pretty well, young, athletic, similar passing and uh, similar decision-making in there. That's interesting. So you have nailed that. You've nailed it with the fourth-round pick. Steal, definite steal. I think McDaniels will sort it out. I think he's a fine. It'll just be interesting to see how that plays out. I, from outside looking in, surely this is the last season of Brady. But surely we've been saying this for about four, five years now. So the man's man's a freak. He just seems to keep going. Body seems to be better than ever. Some weird diet seems to be keeping him alive. So who knows? We could be sitting here in another five years going... Guys need mid-40s. Anyone fancy, you know, throwing a football better than this, man? Who knows? I imagine, though, that you're looking at the idea of 12 months, we need to get this kid ready because he's the choice. And you've just got to hope at that point, when you when he pulls on your jersey, that he matches up. He doesn't shirk. He comes in and he does what you expect him to do. I've got a sneaky feeling that you're going to be wrong on the Brady front. I reckon he's got two years left. I did hear something um, from him that said he was disappointed that they've not been over to London since 2012. And I've got a sneaky feeling you might see the Patriots in London next season. And then after that, will be that'll be it. That Whenever they come to London will be Brady's final season. Interesting one. Um, and that all comes down to as long as the body holds out. And it appears that 
Christ, modern technology, modern health, and all the rest of it. There's no reason. We're talking about freaks playing in their 40s. 10, 15 years down the line, we could be looking at it going, well, of course he's playing in his 40s. We could be talking about the idea that, you know, five plus quarterbacks in the league are all playing in their 40s. But who knows? Um, that's for science and that nonsense to figure out. But I'm not shocked at where we're at. Yeah, it's all cryogenic chambers and avocado ice cream. Clearly. On that note, um, thanks very much, Stephen, for um, joining me on the inaugural Patriots Nation UK podcast. It's been a blast. Um, Fingers crossed we can have some more topics to chat about in the future. And if you're happy to come back, I'd be happy to have you back on. If you would like to tell everyone where they can find you on social media and on the intraweb, of the cyber variety um, let them have your Twitter handle and such like and yeah thanks again for uh, coming on glad to be doing it always glad to be chatting my my favourite American sports and the like um, so you can be getting me on Twitter's the best place I love Twitter at Keisher K-E-E-S-H-E-R I will genuinely be rambling nonsense mainly of the wrestling variety so uh, if sweaty men throwing themselves about is not your thing um, maybe don't follow me but I do chat uh, a lot of NFL guys a lot of American sports in general tends to be Bay Area stuff I'm Golden State Warriors San Francisco Giants and San Francisco 49ers through with that so uh, there will be a lot of that chat going on but there will be also a lot of embarrassing wrestling chat if you're not keen on that um, but um, that's the best place to find me because 140 characters is where it's, uh, it's enough to be shelving my opinion to you I think it's up to 280 now but we'll leave that to be for another day <laughs> oh yeah, I think I think if you're I think you're a special kid. Uh, I think I maybe do get a 280 these days. I think I've extended out. Ah, Twitter, Twitter. Yeah, and on that area bombshell, we'll mm-hmm. leave it there. Well, that's uh, that's it for this week. Once again, a big thank you to Stephen for coming and uh, coming on. Thank Please you for remember, having me. Uh, uh, you're very welcome. Please remember to rate, review and subscribe and that way you'll get the next pod as it drops into your device of choice. I've been your host Matt Inkster. You can get me on social media at Matt Inkster. This has been Patriots Nation UK and remember folks, do your job as there are no days off.